is Marcia Stonehill with Melt the Ice. Today I have with me as a guest on Operation Flow, Robin Jenkins. I had the privilege of meeting Robin around 2007 when I first moved here to King George, Virginia. And I was popping into the movie gallery <laughs> to go get a movie. And that's back in the day when we still had the VHS tapes and things, right? But uh, Robin was immediately just very warm and friendly and needless to say we've been in contact ever since. We've lost contact here and there, but we've one of those relationships that you just kind of pick up where you left off. Yeah. I invited uh, Robin to join me on Operation Flow because <clears throat> she's shared a lot with me throughout the years about some extremely difficult challenges that you've uh, had in your life and I've always just very, been very inspired and impressed with how you managed these situations and felt like your testimony could bring uh, inspiration and strength and hope to others so we really appreciate that you're with us today. Thank you. Yeah, the I guess probably the the main thing, the one and only thing that I really want to give credit to is, um, you know, my faith and belief in God. And I feel like that personally, um, throughout all of my challenges in my life, um, that He is what pretty much got me through, um, you know, believing that um, there was always better. Um, and as long as I had the faith that, uh, he was going to get me through all the rainy days that I was facing <clears throat> and all the challenges that I've been through. <clears throat> um, back in 1998, I lost my firstborn child. Um, he passed away in his sleep. And probably for quite some time, I, I don't know exactly how many years because there's never a, an actual time limit on grief because at times, you know, I still feel the pain of losing him, but, um, I was able to get through that and, um, realize that my situation and losing a child, um, I wasn't the only one and, um, you know, that <clears throat> as devastating as it is, there are others like me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was able to find a good support group and, you know, talk about things like that and, and <clears throat> work through that challenge in my life. And then um, probably the biggest challenge of everything was being married and living with um, a husband at the time that I thought, you know, was the love of my life and that I would never, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that I would never be away from, that I would be together with this person, you know, for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. um, but throughout the years, I, I, I learned that no matter how much you love somebody and how much you want things to be different, unless they want it too, that you can't make somebody do something that they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so probably, you know, after... <laughs> after learning that and, and living with that sort of relationship, it just, uh, 
it was time for me to make a move and the next devastating thing was in 2005 when my mother passed away um, I felt like I didn't have anybody left even though my father was still alive and I could always turn to him it just wasn't the same when you lose your mother you know um, so then that grief it kind of like overtook the grief of losing my son in 98 I felt as if she was there now in heaven and to take care of him and now was mourning the loss of my mother and going through a terrible marriage and you know trying to live through that and <clears throat> Robin do you mind sharing with our listeners uh, you said that you entered into this marriage that you felt like was the love of your life mm -hmm. but what did what became real in your relationship that made you start to feel like it was not a good relationship, despite the fact that this well, was the love of your life? <laughs> there's plenty of reasons. Um, he was not faithful, um, and as many times as I, you know, tried to forgive, I never forgot. So that's very difficult to to live in a relationship knowing that the other person hasn't been faithful and would not be faithful no matter what you tried to do. Um, all the while being very controlling and manipulating me and making me feel like it was always my fault, the reason why he wasn't faithful to me. And anytime that there was um, physical abuse, it was always my fault. I was always being put down for my weight my insecurities, um, my lack of education, things like that, um, just always made to feel like things were my fault. And, um, and then I realized, you know, that it's not my fault, <laughs> you know, but honestly, you know, in 2007 was actually my first time ever getting a real job. Um, and it helped me. It helped me be in the reality of life instead of being stuck in a home, raising children, and being under the control of only what one person wanted me to know and feel. Um, I actually ended up only getting the job because as much as he broke me, he made me. And he made me get this job because at the time we were pretty much sinking in finances and I needed to bring in money. And so I, when I got the job, lo and behold, he decided to quit <laughs> his job. Oh, wow. So then, then it was only, you know, my income, but I mean, as much as we struggled and, you know, I had to, um, lean on family to help with my children with clothing and food and electric bill and you know things like that um you know my family really helped me get through a lot of of that um even you know after my mom being gone you know my dad had had really helped me out financially and my brother and um my sister as well and then my brother ended up losing his wife, his first wife, um, to cancer in 2009. And then he also lost a daughter 
his firstborn daughter wow. in 2013. So four immediate family members and you know in my family we've lost. So half of our family, you know, when we sit around now at Christmas time, it's very empty. It's mm. not the same. It will mm. never be the same, okay. you know. So that's heartbreaking, but um you know, in 2007, when I started working, um, again, it, it allowed me to have a different perspective on everything, really everything, like how I was supposed to be treated, how mm. the real world really was, because my ex-husband really wanted me to think that everybody was out to get me and mm. that, you know, if I ever told people the way that he treated me or things that had been done in our marriage that, you know, they were going to take advantage of me mm -hmm. and, um, you know, end up, I, I guess he was just afraid that I would hear the difference of what he wanted me to believe mm -hmm. is basically how it really was. Um, but in 2007 with me working at movie gallery, um, I guess I was a natural because within a year I ended up being in the program um, to become my own store manager mm -hmm. and I actually within a year I got my own store and I started working as a store manager over in Leonardtown, Maryland mm -hmm. and then I was there for <clears throat> approximately two months and the store in Colonial Beach opened up and I took over that store and so, with that being said, it was about January of 2010 that um, all these stores were closing now because of Netflix. That, that was the big <laughs> thing, you know. Um, so, I ended up liquidating that store and then um, we shut the doors in May of 2010. And so, for about a year or so after that... Um, you know, still living in that marriage and our children together. We had three others after my first child had passed, but um, I pretty much, you know, worked and worked and worked wherever I could get work. Um, I started cleaning houses um, right and left, and um, I, I made enough money to get us through. And then the new business in town decided to open up, which was Walmart. And I immediately knew that I wanted to be a part of that mm -hmm. with being a local girl and, you know, hometown. I was like, you know, this is wonderful. So I ended up applying there. And of course, they wanted me right away to be management. But I had no idea, you know, the capacity of being a man in management at that big of a retail store. So I, I chose not to. I just chose to be an associate at first. And then within three years, I decided to make the move and I became a department manager um, over the domestics and furniture. And I was there for five years. And um, I found an opportunity within the store with the online grocery and decided I wanted to be a part of the future and move over. And so I took on another department manager position um, on the online grocery 
And then within a few months, I decided that it was too much to handle. And um, I just felt like I needed a change. I had a lot of things going on and needed to, um, you know, move on from there. So now what happened in the process of realizing Okay, so you go to movie gallery mm -hmm. and it opens up your world. You yes. start to realize, and one of the biggest things you said is you realized how you really should be treated. Yes. <clears throat> so at, at what point did you start to question inside yourself about what to do with that marriage, this relationship, the way you were being treated. and So probably it was, you know, my mom passed away in 05. And I, I honestly, I don't know how to explain what happened within my mind. But between my mother passing, getting the, the job, and just being out in the world, it was like... <clears throat> It was like she was still with me in spirit and was helped me with opening up my mind and, um, you know, realizing that I needed better, I wanted better, and I deserved better. Mm -hmm. um, and it got to a point for me that I was just living comfortably miserable, mm -hmm. you know, Realizing, I think that was probably the biggest thing that happened was realizing how miserable I was and, but scared, okay. so scared, um, scared, you know, mentally what he would do. Okay. Um, I was scared, you know, to be on my own. I had been with him since I was 17. I didn't, you know, at this point I'm 30 something years old and I, I'm like, I, I didn't know anything different. I've never been on my own. I, I didn't know how to do anything pretty much. Okay. So, um, after a couple of years, I mean, it still took me a few years to get to the point in, and really make my mind up that I just, I had to go. I, I, it was almost like I had went through a midlife crisis, I guess is what people say. I just realized that I had one life and I needed to live it and this wasn't living. All I was doing is existing and I was in the routines of being comfortably miserable all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started really, really, really feeling that and like after I lost my job at Movie Gallery in mm -hmm. 2010. And so when I started in June of 2011 at Walmart, and again, uh, this whole other world of people and different personalities and, you know, not really sharing my life with them, but just realizing that not everybody was as controlling and hateful and mean and walking around with chips on their shoulders like everybody owed them something you know mm -hmm. I, I was able to really see different people and who they are and not be afraid you know not be afraid of people right and um <clears throat> so with all these learning experiences and realizing that 
I wanted to be somebody. I, I, I wanted to, I just, I wanted a life. Mm -hmm. I wanted to live because I had, I was dead for so long between being, you know, the, the product of an abusive marriage, um, losing a child, losing my mother, who was my best friend. And, you know, anytime that I grieved over my son, I could go to my mother. Well, now she wasn't there anymore. And it was like, so to speak, it was time for me to pull up my big girl panties and get to moving. And I had children I needed to take care of and I needed to set an example for them. And I needed to be somebody other than what I was being. Mm -hmm. And I wanted more for them. I wanted more for myself, mm -hmm. you know? So I made the decision that I was going to live. And I was either going to continue to exist or I was going to die trying to live. And that's exactly my motto. Beautiful. So um, it was rough. It took the, the process of me actually being open and honest with my ex-husband about really not in love with him anymore and not wanting this anymore. It was a process mm -hmm. because every time that I tried to be honest, he would try to manipulate me into feeling that it really wasn't what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every time that I said something to him about, you know, <clears throat> we don't have anything, we're never going to be anything and all of these things, he, he would try to fight me. Right. Um, but then again, I, I just got to the point where... I was going to try to survive. And if that meant dying to survive, I was going to do it because there was, it had to be more than just existing. Yes. Yeah. So, um, we ended up actually being able to separate and, um, I ended up moving in with my children, with my brother. He gave us a place to stay. And, um, a lot of things happened all in this time frame. A lot of things happened. Um, um, just to skip over a little teeny bit, I ended up, you know, as I was working still at Walmart, I ended up meeting and, and like reconnecting with one of the people I went to high school with mm -hmm. who, um, jumping forward, ended up. He and I decided that um, we were going to be more than friends, mm -hmm. and um, he turned out to be the bigger, the biggest savior of it all. Mm -hmm. um, it makes me very emotional because I was in such a dark place, you know, going through a divorce and learning who I was. And I didn't even know what I liked, mm -hmm. you know, just learning that I liked things that were the opposite of what my ex-husband had always wanted me to do and, and like, and, and be a part of, mm -hmm. you know, just, um, so when he came along, you know, and we were just communicating as friends, um, he had no judgment. Mm. Um, he, I didn't have to be anything but who I was. And even I didn't even know who that was. But turned out he fell in love with that person and me. And um, I ended up loving him for who he was. Mm -hmm. 
And after several months of us just, you know, hanging out and being friends and in a weird kind of way, we ended up falling in love and we've now been married going on six years and we've bought a home together. We have, you know, blended our families together and uh, that's been kind of rough at some point, but <laughs> you know, we're all doing it and making it, but he bought me my first car, never owned a car. Okay. Um, so, Robin, one of the things, you know, you said you made up your mind yep. to, to live instead of staying comfortable in misery. Mm-hmm. And just because you're made, just because you made up your mind, doesn't mean it was easy, right? No, I had to um, finally open my mouth and tell family what had been going on and how things were for me. So all of this was a secret. Oh yeah, you were living all of this very privately. Oh yeah, definitely because it, you know, if. Uh, I'm not sure how it really works as far as in a, when you're controlled mentally like that, but mm-hmm. I knew not to say anything. Okay. I knew not to talk about the physical abuse, the mental abuse. Hell, I didn't even know exactly what to call it. Okay. You know? Right. Um, it was a normal way of living to me. It really wasn't until, I mean, deep in my heart, I knew I was being mistreated. Right. I knew that there was, um, you know, a difference in me than him. Mm -hmm. I never lost that in my spirit. But I I didn't know how to fight that. I didn't know that it was exactly wrong, you know. I was raised, you make your bed, you lie in it. Mm. So, you know, and that marriages were not all, you know, 100%, you know, and hunky-dory or whatever. So I always just kind of coughed it up to, oh, we're just, you know, fighting. And I always made excuses, one right after another after another. And then, like I said, it just took me being able to get away and, and see differently to really build the confidence within my soul, okay. you know. Because um, like I said, you know, I, I never, I never completely agreed with everything that was going on the way I was being treated. I, right. But to fight back meant <clears throat> that it would just get put harder on me. Right. So how did you, exactly, you know, so how does, how did you overcome that? How did you, how did you tackle that reality that, how did you get over that hurdle of that? It it is going to be harder to get out of that type of a situation. I think, what really started happening once I started realizing all of this in my mind, I got to the point where I started to fight back. Like he, he broke me, but he built me. Mm -hmm. So all of the years that I spent 
being beat down, mm-hmm. it built me up also. So when I started to fight back physically, mm-hmm. again, not caring because I lost the love for him. I lost the respect for him. I lost all those things. So just living comfortably miserable, mm-hmm. but yet when I would deal with his same old you know, way that he was, I got to the point where I started to fight back Mm -hmm. physically. And once I did and realized he was the biggest coward of it all. Mm -hmm. As long as I wasn't fighting back, he was able to control everything. Mm -hmm. But the moment that I started to think for myself and get control over me and fight back, he didn't. It was like he realized that he had lost me, in a sense. I want to emphasize, so what you're really saying, that you had to start to think for yourself and trust your own thoughts. Yes. And trust your own, you mentioned earlier, like your soul. Like you had been burying some part of yourself, and you began to trust that part of yourself. So, you know, like your conscience and, you know... Just the way that, you know, when somebody's saying things to you and beating you down, like you tend to try to believe that, but then you question that because it hurts your feelings. So when your feelings are hurt like that, that means you have an opposing feeling and idea from what somebody's trying to to say to you. Mm -hmm. And so I never lost that. Mm -hmm. In my heart and my soul. And so once I was able to listen to other people and just be in life and just living, just living and being out in the world and realizing it kind of started to almost heal itself, if that makes any sense. Okay. You know, it was kind of going around full circle. And so once I... Once I started to heal by getting away a little bit at a time from him by working mm-hmm. and being out, the strength was being built. Okay. And I didn't realize how much it was because it wasn't a conscious thing. It was it was like subconsciously I was being healed more every day by being away from him. Okay. And so, you know, that kind of strength is what brought me to being able to fight back. And, you know, once it, once I started to fight back physically and, you know, emotionally and being more verbal about things, then the next thing was, okay, somebody's really going to get hurt here. And I don't want to do this in front of my two kids. It was bad enough that he did it. But now that I'm doing it back to him, mm-hmm. it's time to go. You know, it's, it's enough is enough. And so I vividly remember that it was about six months before I actually took and made the decision, you know, which I said it was a process, but it was about six months before we actually separated. We had gotten into a huge fight. And again, I had gotten that mentality that if I was going to, die I was going to die trying to survive and I just 
I remember flipping the, the kitchen table up hmm. and everything landing on him. And of course he reared up and he was really to, to fight back. And we ended up getting into a, a, a huge physical altercation in front of our children. And, you know, they're screaming and crying and, you know, don't hurt mama. But I wasn't being hurt. I could hear them, but I was so focused on trying to fight and make him understand that he was no longer going to do this to me, mm. you know, but there's a lot of, a lot of things that he did, you know, that brought me to that level, mm-hmm. you know, of course, um, you know, when you, when you're tired of seeing your children, being emotionally and physically abused so much and you're like trying to fight and figure out a way to get them away from it or intervene so it doesn't you know I mean children are children and they're gonna do things and they're gonna you know be they're gonna have to be disciplined and but discipline to me is you know a completely different idea than what his was Mm -hmm. and so I remember this one particular time and this wasn't too long after I had you know made that decision we had gotten you know into an argument about him mistreating the kids and he made this comment about well they need to get their ass beat and I, you know, I said, you know, they're getting too big. They don't need that. You know, they, they're old enough now. We can talk to them and, you know, figure out a different way. And I'll never forget, he said, well, somebody's going to get their ass beat. So if you don't let me beat their ass, I'm going to whip your ass. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. And we literally walked into the room and he pulled out the belt and he took that belt and I, I was going with it. I really thought that it was going to end up being kind of a, a joking thing mm-hmm. at the very last minute. But nope. He reared back and he hit me with that belt. And I can tell you immediately I lost my breath. And I immediately started to cry because of the pain. And I'll never forget. I turned around and looked at him and I said, don't you ever hit my kids. Don't you ever hit my kids again like that? Mm-hmm. Because I felt it. Mm-hmm. But I took it. Go ahead and take a minute here. So I think that, Robin, I, I really appreciate the, the details that you're sharing because I think many people don't realize the number of people who are have experienced or currently are experiencing and living in these types of situations and you know there are resources in our community like empower house or you know reaching out to church leaders one of the things that you said is uh, you had to start talking. You had to start letting people know what you were experiencing, what you were living with, what was happening. 
you had to surround yourself with support you had to put yourself out into the world to yes. see what was really different and what is how things could be to believe and know that that part of you inside of you that knew that something could be better and different you had to begin to gather evidence of that yeah. in a way is what I'm hearing you say yeah. and so I want to go back to you know something you shared in the beginning and you talked about your faith and things but this is so much more than than just God please help me you know it's and not to undermine that yeah, but because honestly at some times in my life I literally laid there thinking I just wanted to die and I really called on God, you know, in my, in my faith. I really started to pray, you know, because I I just, I wanted to die. I, I didn't want to live like this anymore. Right. I didn't, I couldn't bear to see, you know, myself go through this or my children. I, I it was, it was really dark times at some point in my life. But the thing that I want to emphasize is that it took action on your part. Yes. It's not that things just miraculously changed. No. It's, it, it required a lot of action on your part. It did. And, um, another thing I've heard you share in the past is just the ability that you, you talk about a lot of mental strength. You know, how you had to fight inside yourself. And, and sometimes when you've talked about fighting throughout our conversation now, I know from listening to you that you're not talking about, like you said, just the physical aspect mm -hmm. of things, encounters that you had with him, but you're talking about the mental fight inside yourself, being able to find that mental strength to not let yourself get manipulated mm -hmm. by the lies and yes. the control and um, so it's complicated it, it is very complicated and you know there's I know that there are people whether it's you know men or women it doesn't matter it happens and I really <laughs> I honestly would like to be able to help just one person understand that It takes time, and as much as someone beats you down, don't lose your soul. You know, don't don't give it all away. You know, and that as much as somebody can break you, they can build you too. And that's exactly what happened. And because you, know, you allowed it to, I allowed it to. Once I realized, once I got away and started just living and working and being around people because your family's not enough because he secludes you from your family. Mm -hmm. You don't spend the time with your family as mm -hmm. you once did, you mm -hmm. know? Um, once I started to realize that there was just a, a whole nother life out there, mm -hmm. you know, and it was normal. Mm -hmm. I think it was finding the, the normalcy in life in general. And that what I was living wasn't. Yes. And, you know, being a stay-at-home mom or 
you know, you have TV. Well, I mean, sometimes we had TV. Sometimes we didn't have TV, but because we couldn't afford it. But, you know, you watch shows like Dr. Phil and Oprah and, you know, all these talk shows about abusive relationships. And you sit there and you watch them and you're like, you know, thinking that those are the things that you, you're dealing with. But at the end of the program, you're like, you're just moving on to the next thing in life because you've become so comfortably miserable with it. Mm -hmm. And nobody really understands what it takes to get away. I was with my ex-husband for 18 years. Right. 18 years. Mm -hmm. And I knew he was abusive when I, when I first married him. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it was already too late. It was already, you know, the control. It was already me believing and being raised with, you know, you make a new bed, you lie in it. And of course I was pregnant and, you know, all those things. And with me being young, I, I, it's what I wanted. I wanted to be married. I wanted to have a family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with all those things you find to, you find yourself making excuses mm -hmm. for all of the behavior and all of the things that you go through and thinking, you know, well, it's just this, or it's just that, or this is normal, or this is what happens when you're married. And, you know, come to find out, no, it's not. Right. It's not. It, it, there's so much more, you know, to be able to find a way once you find to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I really believe that once I was able to get away, I realized that I loved me and I loved me enough to get away Okay. Um, because that that's what they try to strip from you they, they try to take the love that you have for yourself and you're only supposed to love them mm -hmm. um, I mean this this person even this man was jealous over my his own children mm -hmm. jealous over his own children you know, if I wanted to just hang out and watch a movie with them, mm -hmm. you know, he thought, why aren't you in here with me? Mm -hmm. You know, or he would pick at them until it would just cause chaos in the house, you know, just because he wanted to be the center of the attention. He wanted mm -hmm. everything to revolve around him. So. So, Robin, what... What would you say to a listener who might be listening to this and be in a similar situation? What would be your encouragement to them? That's a lot. That's, that's a loaded question for me because it depends on what stage they're in. So There's stages. So it's very complex. It is very. Because if you're in... The stage where you're being completely controlled and sometimes you don't even realize it. You don't even realize that you're in control. You realize, you think that you love them. Mm -hmm. You think that, again, this is all normal. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, that stage where you know you want things different for yourself, but you're afraid to open your mouth. Mm -hmm. There's another stage where you've found that you don't want to put up with this anymore. And now what the hell do I do? And how do I do it? Mm -hmm. um, 
And then there's that, that final stage where it's, all right, I'm out and whatever that means. Okay. You know, um, with all the complexity with that, you know, the first and foremost is just to be safe, be careful. Yes. You know, um, if you are at that point in your life where you, you want out, please, please tell somebody there are resources. There are things, family, anybody, um, me, you know, me, I, um, it just takes somebody to listen and, um, and help you. And, uh, you're not alone. You're not alone. And there is life after love. There's life after death of, you know, losing your loved ones, things like that. And thank God almighty that he put a man in my life now to, um, enjoy the rest of my life with and, and realize that there's, Life can be fun. Life can be loving and adventurous and all of these things, you know. Um, there is life after all of that. So all of that's not just a dream. It can be real. It can be real. Just don't lose the hope. Don't lose faith. Stay focused on getting through day by day. And just stay strong. And, you know, eventually, whatever your spirit and soul wants, it will it will eventually come around for you because there'll be no choice. But you have to make that happen. You have to make time. it happen, but there'll be no choice because it'll, it'll become so strong within you, you know, that you can't fight it anymore and that you... As much as you were dead inside, you become alive all at the same time. It's, you know, unfortunately, we've only got a certain amount of time, but there's just so much more, you know, so much more to the story and so much more that, you know, we could talk about as far as like, you know, just the hurdles and and mental states. And in that regard, Robin, you know, perhaps you'd be willing to come back and visit Operation Flow again, and, you know, we can talk about some of those hurdles and things, yes. but I really appreciate the story, the experiences, the hardships that you've shared today, and we certainly hope, I know the reason that you wanted to share this is in hopes to inspire others Absolutely. who may be at whatever stage in the process yep. that they are in something similar that they would be able to grab on to some hope that pulls them forward to the next stage of yes. getting out of the situation that they're in and perhaps no longer living comfortably inside of misery. Yes. So. Yes, ma'am. Robin, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you.